0: Amen, turn to somebody before you' seated and tell them to get ready for a good, good, good message. Praise the Lord, how many of y'all know that uh you know we're in Christmas season and being Christmas season, I wanted to have more of a Christmas message today, and I'm excited about it because as I was studying this, I was reminded of something that that um, that my pastor you know, had, had preached and delivered um, a while back. And, and I thought it'd be good to kind of tie that in with where we're at today. Uh, you know, it's so interesting this time of season, this, this time of year, because if you look at the world, the world is, is going sideways, right? I mean, the world is just, you know, um, the de-Christianization of our nation is everywhere. Yet, during this time of year, you walk into a mall and you hear, Joy to the world. The Lord has come. You hear, oh, come, let us adore him. I know I'm not much of a singer, but it's beautiful to hear God's word and to hear his name being declared. Choir singing, churches doing things. I mean, everywhere you go in the community, you know, that's why I know there's a big debate. How many of y'all are in that debate? Who likes Christmas before Thanksgiving? Be honest. Okay, who is like anti like no, no, I don't want to hear christmas music before thanksgiving anybody I know some people are like, you know, I always see those posts as soon as it hits um after halloween and all the christmas stuff goes out on the shelves People get angry. They're like no christmas music. I'm like, what is wrong with you? I mean, i'm not listening to it in my car, but I mean i'm not opposed to it. I'm thankful for it I'm thankful for the season, you know a lot of the traditions that we have now not Obviously, not the biblical stuff. The, just the traditions, like a Christmas tree, for instance. It does have you know, its roots in different things and different religions. And I don't get too caught up in that because I'm not worshiping any of that. I, I'll be honest with you. I just like Christmas trees. I think they're pretty. <laughs> you know, I, so I'm not, I don't even know all that. I don't understand all that. I do know that, that there are some roots and some things in that. I, I, I serve Jesus. And I worship him, and Christmas for me is all about that. So we do Christmas trees next Sunday. We're going to have two Christmas trees on the stage. If you're one of those, please don't get caught up in that or offended by that. I do like to throw that in there because some people do have opinions about all that. I'm not, I don't even know all the stuff behind all that. I just like Christmas trees, okay? I think they're really pretty, and we're serving Jesus here at Family Worship Center. You don't have to be worried, okay? But there are different, different things from Christmas that I think we should be thankful for, and we should be excited about. We should be grateful for you know obviously what Jesus did for us what God did for us you know John 3:16 one of the most quoted scriptures you see it on Tim Tebow's face in football games and stuff like that for God so loved the world point to yourself say God loves me so much that he sent his son for me God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will have ever lasting life that's what christmas is all about right that we're celebrating jesus but it's really much more than just a story there's so much packed into the story of christmas so much as a matter of fact every year and i always like listening to other preachers and other men of god including my pastor you know just hearing them uncover these different truths and these different things i hope that i kind of scratched the surface this morning but but I, I, there's so much packed into it's more than a story Say that when we say, it's more than a story. It's so much more. It's, it, this, the birth of Jesus culminates four, some 4,000 years of waiting, of prophecies. How many of y'all ever waited for something? How many, how many of y'all, let's be honest, who hates waiting for a package? Right? Like, we're such a generation now in our, our, our society nowadays, we want it right now. I mean, man, listen, if Amazon two-day shipping doesn't happen, I'm mad. If it takes three days, and best believe, UPS, man, don't put it at the front door, I mean the front office of my apartment complex. I don't want to have to track it down. Just leave it at my door. It'll be all right. I prayed over it. It'll be okay. Don't make me go track down my package. Now I'm going to wait an extra day because I didn't get there by 530. And now at two-day shipping, turned to three because you put it at the front office. Come on. Am I the only one? Come on now. That's our our society nowadays. We don't want to wait. 4,000 years of prophecies that went into leading up to the scripture we're about to read. 4,000 years. Prophecies. Men of God speaking and declaring of the Messiah to come. Speaking and declaring God's word that was given to them and what he would be like, what he would do. It was so foreign to them that, that they were actually expecting a literal king to come. Like, like that, like, because that's how it was at the time. There wasn't presidents and, and bureaucracies and stuff like we have today. There right, were kingdoms. And so there were kings and thrones. And so the prophecies that they gave and the, the, the way that they described the Messiah who was coming, the best analogy and way that they could describe it was in, in, in a king. And that's exactly what he was, but he came as a baby. He came totally natural and supernatural at the same time. He was all God and all man at the same time. Wrap your head around that for a second. All God and all man. Think about everything you are all of your, your chemical makeup, your mind, and your crazy thoughts. Am I the only one that has crazy thoughts? Your issues, your body, things that come up, things that you fight, all that, you know, knees aching, or whatever it might be. All man, and all God. How did that come to be? Let's look at our scripture this morning. If you turn to Luke chapter one, you know, the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are synoptic. What that means is that they're all, they all cover more or less the same story of Jesus, his birth, his life, and his death and resurrection. They all tell it from different viewpoints. So it would be like, um, how many of y'all remember, and this might not be the best analogy, but this is the best thing I can think of at the moment. Y- y'all know that these, um, the, 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 the shooting at the mall, what, Quotes, the shooting at the mall and the shooting at the fairgrounds. Did y'all hear about that recently? Okay, it's interesting to me because I'm really, you know, I pray for my city. So I don't want that kind of stuff in my city. And I believe that we can build a church that has enough impact. The Bible says that one can put a 1,000 in the fight, two can put 10,000. What does that mean? That we can do some work through prayer. And if we get to pray in church, we can actually make a difference in this city. That's what I'm believing for. And so anyways, my point is, is I start looking into this. And I'm seeing people on Facebook, people that I'm connected with, and they're like, oh, no, praying for your family, shooting at the mall, blah, blah, blah. And then the article comes out, and it's like some balloons popped. Right? See, it was different perspectives. And somebody somewhere thought that there was a shooting because that's one person there. See, whenever if you you saw a car accident, right, and you and another person, another person, there were four people, y'all all would tell it a little bit different. Right? That's what the Gospels are. They all saw the same thing. They all saw the same incident. They all just told it a little bit different. They all tell it in their own way, in their own words. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We're going to look today at Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26. And we have it on the screens for you to follow along. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And in the sixth month, you got that on the screen for me? Luke chapter 1, verse 26. I'm going to go ahead and start while they're getting it up on the screen. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin, I want you all to highlight that, underline that, notify that, star that, the word virgin. If your Bible says damsel or maiden or some other word, I want you to cross that word out and I want you to write virgin. Okay? It's important, and su- I'm going to get to it in a second, why, but it's super important to note that she was not just a maiden or a damsel. She was a virgin. And I don't have to go into details. We all know the virgin, and the beads in here. We know what that means. She was a virgin. She had never seen or known a man in that way. To a virgin, espoused to a man who was named Joseph. So she was... Getting ready to be married to Joseph of the house of David. That's important to note as well that he was of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in to her and said, I'm going to just go read it off. Yeah, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Can we go to verse 28 where I'm at there? And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you. Among women. Verse 29. But when he, when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what this manner of greeting was. What this is saying here is that um, she was shocked. I mean, if you had an angel show up in your bedroom at night or whatever, or you're in the middle of going about your day and all of a sudden an angel shows up. So she was troubled, not because she wasn't in faith, not because she was any sort of, you know, weird way she just was shocked then she was also taken aback by this greeting blessed are that that was a big deal that he would describe her in that way that she was she had favor in the eyes of the lord that was a big deal see the israelite their people at the time they had a, a kind of a skewed vision of god because of their history Jesus had not come. He had not set the record straight of what God was trying to do. He had not reestablished the law or completed the law and reestablished how we were supposed to live as Christians. None of that had happened yet. So for the angel to come and to declare that over her was a big deal. That's what she, she was like, oh, my goodness. Oh Wow. Let's read on. Verse 30. Then the angel said to her, do not... Be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Verse 31. Keep, just stay with me. As I finish one go, I'll tell you when to stop. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Everybody say that. Say Jesus. Come on, say it again loud and proud. Say Jesus. Verse 32. Verse 32, he will be great, and he will be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Now, this is important to note, that the lineage of Mary and Joseph matter. If you were to look through the different Gospels, as a matter of fact, let me just show you these notes. Matthew, remember I told you the Gospels are synoptic. It's okay if I do a little bit of teaching. This is really, 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 really cool. I told you there's so much packed in here. Matthew's account, so in other words, the book of Matthew, it follows the lineage of, lineage of Joseph. So all of the, the multiple family members, everyone who was, you know, you ever read that in the Bible, right? You know, it's like, you know, Hebob begat, Josephat, who begat, Gemini, who begat, and right? And it says all these names, all these families. See, that, that, that's kind of boring to read, but it's really, really important, because it all started with someone. And Matthew's account follows the lineage of Joseph, while Luke's follows the lineage of Mary. Both were to show the lineage from David, from King David. Joseph's lineage was through Solomon, and Mary's lineage was through Nathan, okay? Both of them were sons. Both of them Produce offspring, but Nathan never sat on the throne. Y'all, y'all picking up on this. Nathan, so Joseph's lineage was through Th- Solomon. Mary's lineage was through Nathan who never sat on the throne. If Jesus had, would, would have been through the line of Joseph, it would have included Solomon's descendant, Jeconias. Who's ever heard of Jeconias? Nobody, right? Jeconias was cursed. Joseph, get this, Joseph never got with Mary. There was no baby daddy situation here. So, so Joseph and his lineage, although he was considered Jesus' father, he never actually submitted the seed because his lineage was cursed. As a matter of fact, Jeconias, it was told that, that let me make sure I get this right. That no child of his sitting on the throne from him would ever prosper. No child of his sitting on the throne from him would ever prosper. This tells us something. That, that, that God's, God not only knows what he's doing, but he's able to work through multiple generations and all kinds of things going on. And he knows everything that he's working in all together. And he can still bring about and fulfill thousands of prophecies despite a Jeconias. Don't, don't focus on your Jeconias and your history. Don't focus on the issues in the past and the things that, that you think are going to hold you back. God worked it all around and said, no, as a matter of fact, I can still provide someone who's all God and all man. I can still do it. Watch. So let's go back to our verse here. Verse 33. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Next verse. Or is that the end? Is that what I had? All right. So let me get back to my notes here. I had to. I'm, y'all, y'all follow me. No, I got more than that, right? We got three, four. Yeah. Okay. I was like, "There's more to this." Okay. Mary said to the angel, "How can this be? Since I don't know a man, how can this be? Like, like, wh- what are you talking about? I, I, I haven't, uh, you know, hey, angel, you know, I, I hadn't, um, you know." And so the angel's like, "Did you did you hear me? I mean, I mean, you know, I'm improvising a little bit, but that's what she was thinking. And if it would have happened today, that's what I would have been. Th- I mean, like, wait a second. Uh, there's something that has to happen there in order for right. And so he says, she says, "How can this be? Says I do not know a man." Verse thirty five. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One, Jesus, who is to be born, will be called the Son of God. He's clarifying to her, don't worry about how. I'm going to take your natural and I'm going to put some supernatural on it. I'm going to take what you've got and I'm going to put the supernatural on it. And then, and then verse 36, we're going to wrap this up here. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, he goes on to explain about um, Elizabeth, who, who um, John the Baptist came from that, verse 37. For with God, nothing is impossible, verse 38. Then Mary said, behold, this is Mary talking, behold the maidservant of the Lord. Now she's singing a different tune. Now her faith has kicked in. Now she said, okay, all I need is your word. All I need is a word from the Lord. And I'm, since I'm a maidservant, since I serve the Lord most high, that's all I need. The maidservant of the Lord, here I am. Let it be to me according to your word. I want y'all to say that with me. Read it off of the screen, if you will. We're going to start at let. Ready? One, two, three. Let it be to me according to your word. Y'all say it with me. Come on. Say, ready? One, two, three. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Let it be to me. Whatever you say, let it come to me. It took 4,000 years. This is what I believe. It took 4,000 years for there not only to be the right person, but the one that's going to be willing and obedient. For the one that's going to say, okay, I hear you, and I know this is crazy, but I believe it, and you said it, so let it be unto me. Let it be unto me. Let what you said come to pass in my life. The virgin birth was essential because we see here that the the description that the angel gave is is, is, is an explanation that, I know you've never been with a man. And I know that everything that needs to happen for uh, a Jesus to be born. So we're going to supply the seed. God, we, we, God's going to supply the seed. And so God he literally took all of his word. Think about the 4,000 years of word. Wrap your head around this. He took all of that word. He took all of it because... We know by, again, looking at Hebrews, the worlds that we live in, the world that we live in was framed by God's word. He spoke this into existence. He spoke this into existence. He spoke into existence the heavens, the earth, the the animals, and then he took the earth and made you and breathed life into you. He's telling her, "Um, I'm going to take my word and put it into you. Well, how do we know that? Well, if we look at John... John tells us, John 1, 1 says, that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. This is talking about Jesus. He was literally the Word of God. He was literally the Word who became flesh. Okay, what is, why is that so important? Why is that so, so magnificent? Why is that so powerful? Because in order for all the prophecies to be fulfilled... In order for him to do what he was called to do. In order for him to save you and me. He had to be the word. He had to be all God and all man. He had to take and bear and wear everything that you and I are. All of our sin, all of our mess-ups, all of our screw-ups, all of our issues, all of our sickness, all of our disease. He had to take all of that on on the cross as a human, but also at the same time be able to fulfill every prophecy. The only way was for him to be the Word. Can you put that up there, John 1.1? The Word became, or John 1.14, I'm sorry, John 1.14, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus was literally God's word becoming flesh. God used his word as the seed that conceived Jesus. This answers a lot of questions like, why did the Lord wait 4,000 years after the fall of man before he sent Jesus to earth? Why did God have to become a man? The answers to these questions lie in the way God made creation. He He gave he spoke into existence. He gave the authority to man. And he, because of the integrity of his word, When he turned over the earth to Adam, he couldn't break his word. I don't know if I'm getting too deep on you here, but listen to me. My point is is that he set in motion the earth. He set it into motion. He put Adam and Eve in place. Adam messed it up. Adam and Eve messed it up. The only way he could do it was by sending his word to the earth. By sending his word to the earth. All, All God and all man. Notice that Mary took God at his word. We must take God at his word. We must take God at his word. When God gives us a word, we have to take him at his word. She didn't question. Uh, you know, let me clarify. She did question. She was like, what? How I many of y'all have ever said what? Come on, God. How, how, how are you going to do that? Or I just, I want to I want to clarify this because so many people have Differing opinions here. I want to clarify best as I can in, in a few minutes because I want to wrap up by 1130. Questions are fine, but we can't go into doubt and unbelief. Does that make sense? Don't go into doubt and unbelief. Ask, you can ask God questions. There's nothing wrong with questions. But we don't want to doubt God. She clearly didn't doubt God. We must take God at his word. So here we see it. God gathered all of his word and he planted it in Mary's womb. He gathered everything, the 4,000 years of prophecy, and he, he put his word, his word became the seed. Now, we all know, I've had, I've had children, my wife has had children, okay? We all know what it takes, right? There has to be two things. There has to be the egg, and there has to be the seed. We're going to call it seed today, amen, okay? If I were to give my, my message a title, it would be the Christmas seed, Okay? All right. Because I don't think the other term would look good on the podcast. They'd be like, what? Some of y'all get that in a second. Okay, His word became the seed. And that's the only way everything about her pregnancy was normal. If you if you've ever been pregnant or, you know, someone who's been pregnant or you had your wife get pregnant, you know that there's a natural occurrence that happens. You don't really know at first. Right, you hope, you know, but you don't really know until there's some things happen and everything falls in place and then there can be tests done. And then eventually, you know, I mean, back in the day, they didn't have those tests, they just started showing. Think about the angel told her before she was even showing, before she had any inclination. Everything that we know and we see in his word was that her birth or her pregnancy was natural. If that's the case, then the only way, like, think about it. It wasn't, the angel didn't take a baby and put a baby in the womb. He took, God took seed and planted seed and she had a natural childbirth. The only way that he could be all God and all man was that the God's word became the seed. Mary supplied the natural and she could because of her lineage because she came from the right side of the David lineage. Y'all follow me? She was not cursed. Joseph could be an earthly father, but his, Jesus' father was God. And he was word that was made flesh. Are y'all tracking with me? This is real important. Because what I want you to get today, what I want you to leave here knowing, what I want you to wrap your head around, is that it takes God's word planted as a seed in your life to birth a miracle. Then it takes the seed of the word conceived in your spirit to bring forth a miracle. It takes God's word. You've got to get God's word. It's got to be planted inside of you to birth a miracle. Some of us go around hoping and wanting and expecting a miracle, not wanting to deal with the nine months. Not wanting to deal with, oh, i got to go to church again. Just a little tired today. Just don't feel like it. I'm going to be honest with you. Some of us need to be in church more. Some of us need a seed of the word planted more. That's why we've made a decision that our family will be at church. We're going to be here. We're not going to cancel any services we don't have to cancel. We're going to be here. If none of y'all show up, we'll set all of this up and do church for me and my family. I'll preach to myself. I've done it before. I, I, I believe That a seed of God's word. See, the the issue is, is we get a message, right? And we hear a word and we hear it taught and we're like, oh, I've heard that before. And we check out. Oh, here he goes talking about faith again. Because it might seem like you got your life together. What about the moment where you need the faith that I'm preaching on? What what about three months from now where you walk into the doctor's office and you get the report that you never thought you'd get? And you wish you would have paid attention when I was preaching on healing. You go through the issue with, with, you know, all of a sudden you lose your job or something. And you go through a financial crisis and oh, what are those verses on giving? Oh, oh, I can't make church this week. I got that thing. And I can't, uh, you know, I'm a little too busy to read the word today. I, it takes a seed of God's word. This is a principle that the, the Bible talks about seed from the book of Genesis. In the book of Genesis, it actually says that, that in, as long as the earth remains, think about this. How long will the earth remain? As long as the earth remains, there will be seed, time, and harvest. Say that with me. Say seed. seed. Some, come on, y'all got y'all to talk with me. We're almost done. Say seed, seed. Time, time, and harvest. It's in Genesis. I'm sorry I don't have the chapter verse for you, but it's just in my spirit. I want to share it with you. Seed, time, and harvest. What does that mean? It takes a seed planted, or you planting a seed, then time, then harvest. That's a principle of God. And it started in Genesis, and it showed up all the way to the birth of his son, who saved you and me. Think about that. And yet we just take lightly going to church, reading his word, I mean, it's just another message. I mean, it's just another just another chapter of God's word. I don't have to really read the Bible today. I don't, I don't really have to. I want to encourage you that you take this message today, and you take this, I hope that, it, that you get a revelation of, wow. Every time you get a word, whether you feel the goosebumps at that moment or not, that's a word that's planted inside of you. That's a seed that's planted inside of you. And if you ever want to see miracles show up in your life, you're going to have to have the word. You're going to have to know it. You're going to have to be able to declare it. I don't, this is not a message on faith, but if it was, I would tell you that faith comes by hearing the word. And that you have to, in order to declare something by faith, in order to change your atmosphere by faith, as we see in Hebrews 11, remember when I read that earlier? All those people that did that by faith? Faith requires word. Faith requires you to know God's word and know his promises because what else, what else are you believing in? Right? Because faith is believing in something you can't see. Faith is saying, I'm in the middle of a mess, but I believe God's going to take me out of it. He's going to save me. He's going to rectify the situation. He's going to bless me. I know that this is a mess, and I know I messed up, and I know I did wrong, but God, I need you to help me. I need you to fix me, and I need you to help fix this situation. God, I need you in my life right now, and you're crying out, And you've got no word. You need the word. You need to declare it over your life. See, when you say the word of God, when you speak the word of God, it actually gets in your spirit. You hear it. Faith comes by hearing. If you just said one scripture a day, throughout the day, like for instance, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do it. I can do all things. I can do anything that God's called me to do. As I sit here saying that, every one of you, I know it by the spirit of God, inside of you something's like, yeah, I can. I can do it. Where, where did that come from? Not from JT, Are y'all getting this? That burning inside of you that just happened when I started declaring God's word. That's because I'm not just saying words. That's not something that's just in my head. It's in my spirit. And it's coming out and it's getting into you. And you're going, that is God's word. You almost can't even sit down anymore. You're like, yeah, I can do it. I'm about to go tackle that thing right now. This thing ain't going to defeat me, right? You start getting bold about it. Keep declaring it keep keep declaring it. again you got a, a, a health issue declare God's word declare God's word on healing you got a financial issue declare God's word on finances that's why God's word is so important that's why it's so important that's why I believe in church you know last week i had numerous people here we had a great service the spirit of god fell in here and we just had a great service, and we saw some gifts of the Spirit show up. We, 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 uh, there were, I encouraged some people and, and ministered to some people and gave some words to some people that God put on my heart. Different kind of service. We don't have those every, every Sunday. But I, I, I can tell you there were people missing. There were people that should have been here. Who knows what word they would have received. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. That's not my point. God's word, and God does not condemn, and I'm not condemning. I'm trying to encourage. I'm trying to put something in you, a realization in you that when, whenever I go, I'm expecting to get a word from heaven. Whenever I open God's word, I'm expecting to get a word from heaven. Whenever I pray, I'm expecting God to speak to me. Whenever I am willing and obedient, it takes a seed of God's word, conceived in your spirit, to bring forth a miracle. Let this Christmas season, let this one be the one where you realize this isn't, this isn't just a story. This isn't just another holiday. The presents are fun and the music's great and all that stuff. He did everything he did. Think about this. John 10.10 says that the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Every bad thing in your life is coming from one source, the devil. But I came, Jesus came. I don't know if y'all can pull that up real quick. I'd like to have that on screen. I know it wasn't in there. Just click on Bibles and search John 10.10. It says this, I came to bring you and to give you life and life more abundantly. Everything Jesus did was to give us life eternally and life abundantly. That, that, that everything you need, look at that. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Not just abundantly, more abundantly. This Christmas, let it be different. This Christmas, something changes. This Christmas, I make a commitment. I'm going to be at church every time the doors open. I know I've got a busy life and I know that things are going on and I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna, to I'm gonna ask and believe God for a different work schedule so that I can be here. I'm going to ask and believe God. I, I believe in what we're doing. This word, this message that I preach changed my life. It changed my life. It changed my entire perspective on life. It changed me in ways I can't even put into words. I'm not just up here providing a way for us to hang out every Sunday and do a little Bible study on Thursday. I'm believing that through me and through God calling me to do what I do, that we can change your life. And that by your life being changed, that you'll invite somebody else and you'll encourage somebody else. And you'll say, hey, you've got to come check out my church. You've got to be there. And you encourage them, hey, come, come with me. Come come check out this new church here in Columbia. Come check this thing out. And then, and then their life has changed. And then together now y'all are inviting other people. And now all of a sudden that workforce that you hated, a seed of God's word conceived in your heart will bring a miracle. And we're not, we're not doing the things we need to do to receive the miracle we want. We want it. We talk it. But if you really want it, You've got to have God's word throughout his entire word. There's so many promises, so many, so many scriptures, so many things to stand on. I don't know what I'd do without his word. I don't know about you guys. I don't know about you, Mike, but I don't know what I'd do without his word. I mean, when, when I go through stuff and I, I, all of a sudden I'm like, I need some scripture right now. <laughs> I, need to, I need to quote something. I need to stir up my spirit and say, I can get through this. It takes the seed of God's word conceived in your spirit to bring forth. A miracle.